And now, and now, the best of Pete Price. The best of Pete Price on Radio City 96.7. We asked you, what's the best thing you've ever won? You never know who's listening to this programme. And I love it when this happens. We'll ask this gentleman. Hello, young man. Hello, Peter. How are you? What's the best thing you've ever won? The best thing I've ever won, it was back in 2000. It was a Channel 4 programme called Big Brother. It was the very first one, Peter. It's not Craig Phillips, is it? <laughs> it is, Peter, I'm afraid to say, yes. <laughs> that was the biggest life-changing thing for you ever, wasn't it? It certainly was, yeah. My kind of life hasn't been the same since. Or for the best, of course. Well, I remember the first interview I ever did with you. You were a successful businessman down at uh, Church Streatham, down that way, uh, yes. Shrewsbury, that area. Yes. Came up here. Talk us through what happened again, because it is now a piece of living history. Yeah, that's right. Well, I was kind of uh, minding my own business, running a building company in Newport, Shropshire, for about 10 years prior to Big Brother. And uh, at the time, we were collecting for a young girl, Joanne Harris, needed a heart and lung transplant. And I thought it'd be an easy way to win £70,000 to take it to America and get the uh, operation done privately. And I've seen this uh, kind of documentary back in uh, Holland, that they did it first back in 1999. And I thought, that'd be easy, that go Big Brother, winning put the £70,000 towards an operation. I was wrong, it wasn't that easy, but I did manage to win it. It was amazing, though, because you couldn't have imagined in a million years, even in show business, because if you remember, before the programme came out, there was an uproar, there was an uproar on this programme. I was in outraged by it because it was it was so private. You were yeah. going somebody's life. But nobody could have imagined what you'd gone through, could you? You could never imagine it would have been like that, for real. Not at all. And I was the last person to know as well, Peter, because as the nine weeks went by and the programme got bigger and bigger, you know, the public, the media, everybody was kind of getting behind it. Whether you loved or hated it, you were aware of how big it was growing. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, I was, I was locked away there, quite silently living the little unusual lifestyle in the house to come out to realise, you know, I was kind of everybody in the country knew my name sort of thing. And you really genuinely had no idea, did you? Absolutely no idea whatsoever, no. On a Friday night when the evictions were happening, um, all my family and things would come down and there'd be all sorts going on outside of the house. But what Big Brother would do is put music on within the house and we couldn't hear anything that was going on. And then that very few seconds when somebody was evicted and that door was open, the, the big studio lights coming at you and the noise and the music, you couldn't see or hear anything. So we were totally oblivious to, you know, it was growing, it was getting bigger and bigger outside. And, of course, the other thing is, you're a nice-looking guy, so it was a bit of eye candy for an awful <laughs> lot of people on telly. Then we had the problem with Nasty Nick. Nasty Nick, yes, he aroused him until he was cheating, yeah. I mean, for me, we weren't aware of it being that big inside the house, you know. Yeah. He, it he was just a, an argument, just a discussion. That's right, and it was kind of an everyday discussion, you know. I was on uh, the Vanessa Phelps show this afternoon, and she said to me, you know, did you have any idea, Craig, that, you know, the, the public were getting behind this, this, you know, this cheat and everyone was turning against him. He was kind of Britain's most hated person. And I said, no, he didn't have a clue. You know, he was just writing down a couple of names and just cheating a little bit. It wasn't a major thing, you know. I mean, imagine that in this day and age now, Peter, the way Big Brother's kind of spiralled into this beast. You know, if someone wrote down a name, it wouldn't even be flinched. The press wouldn't even pick up on it. What was amazing, Craig, you went in... Thank God you had, uh, you're an intelligent man and you can handle things. Yes. But you went in as an unknown, a nice guy who went in with a, a mission and came out and won it. Yes. Could you ever imagined what hit you when, when, when you first came out? 
no, not, nothing at all. And, and you can't really prepare for it. I have one. I didn't have any time to prepare for it. You know, I just come out and was kind of catapulted into the public eye. But, you know, even if someone told me and kind of briefed you and tried to just get you conditioned and ready to go out, you know, to the public like that, I don't, I don't think there's any type of type of training to do that, you know. And I, I come out and I was kind of well protected. You know, I had to have bodyguards and things like that with us. And it was quite surreal and quite intimidating to have so much attention, you know, around you. It, it, it was a funny... Funny, funny feeling and experience. Well, was there one time that you were really frightened and you thought, oh, my God, what have I done? Um, yeah, many, many times, Peter. You know, it, pretty much every night I went to bed in a, a different hotel. I don't think I went home for 97 days. And every night, you know, I, I lied in bed thinking, oh, dear, what have I done? Is life ever going to go back to normal? You know, am I ever going to be able to wander around without having security and things? And, of course, that, that dies down. The initial impact of it all does die down. And, you know, once you start to kind of develop a new little career path for you, you start enjoying it a little bit more then. But as much as the, you know, great, weird and wonderful things, I did that first three or four months. You know, there was many occasions where I wasn't enjoying it. When you did it, that first show, that was, it made people famous it made them famous yeah. then it's it, to me it's watered down an awful lot do you think it's cruel in a way that somebody come out and they go in you didn't go in for that you went in to make money to yeah. for charity yeah. you know that a lot of people go in now because they want to be famous nothing yeah. else it's like a disease do you think it's cruel that um they are being used and, and they don't realize how much they're being used they just kind of see uh, the one side of the coin, really. They think they're going to become famous. They think, you know, they're going to create a media career and things out of it. And, and sadly, it's not, because as you said, it, it is watered down now. There's so many different reality TV programmes out there. When, when anyone does go on a reality TV programme now, even if they win, they're still not going to really get a, a long-term media career out of it. I think unless they've got something really really good to give back. I mean, for, for me, for, I think my, my key to my long-term success is I had a trade you know, before I went in, so I was managed to be able to turn that into a kind of a media, um, you know, a media career for me. There was lots of makeovers and building style programs out there, so I thought I felt it was kind of easy for me. But nowadays, I really feel sorry for anyone going on a reality program who think they're going to come out and, and forge a career out of it because it's a very, very slim chance it's going to happen. Yeah, but you're a clever and you're a clever businessman, so you saw the opportunity, whereas a lot don't. A lot can be manipulated and led. You, I mean, were you ever at a stage where you could have been manipulated and led? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I had uh, all sorts of agents, you know, when you come out, all kind of offering you these kind of unbelievable kind of lifestyles and what you can achieve and how much money you can make and things. And it's kind of... It's very hard not to be kind of wrapped up and sucked, you know, into that. And uh, I, I took some good advice off to meet Davina McCall, actually, at the time. And she, you know, advised me of a, of a good agent that she was with at the time. And, and then when I went to see him, he was different than all the rest. He didn't promise me the world. He didn't, you know, offer me this, that and the other. He was the first person that said to me, what do you want out of the trade? What do you want? To... And my answer to that, Peter, was, well, I don't really know what I want out of it because I wasn't expecting it. You know, I'm quite happy and content when I'm a building company. And it was doing okay. It was going in the right directions. And he just said, well, okay, if you're happy in doing that building side of things, let's try and turn that into a bit of a media career for you. Let's try and get you involved with some makeover shows, some small ones, and then work it up to some bigger ones. And, you know, it was great. It was the best advice I took at the time, definitely. When you were inside, was there any time when you felt really hemmed in and, and claustrophobic? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Probably, probably after about the third week, it started, the house started to feel a little bit smaller and 
the tension was building up because of the nominations, you know, and people were starting to get a bit more wrathier with one another. Um, and then th- then I really felt the kind of claustrophobic, you know, pulling. It was like the walls were coming in on you. The only way I can describe, you know, after nine weeks was coming out was it, you felt like a bubble in water, you know, trying to race its way to the top. And as it's getting closer, the top it's getting bigger and it just wants to kind of explode. And that's exactly what I felt that last week in the house. Just waiting to get out was was an unbelievable sensation of feeling. What did you feel when you won? Uh, it was kind of... Uh, I think the biggest thing was just the relief of getting out, you know, because I didn't really expect that much from winning. I didn't think, you know, I was going to have all the attention and all the, you know, things going on around me. I wasn't expecting all that, so it was just a big, big relief to get out the house, you know, and uh, I remember when they called me into the diary room, this was probably 30 minutes, 20 minutes after they announced that I was the winner, after Davina announced I was a winner, uh, and I got taken out. And they called me into the diary room and said, um, you can't come out just yet, Trey, because Davina's coming in to see you. And I was totally deflated. I thought, oh, no, I've got to be in here for another hour now. Mm-hmm. All I wanted to do was, you know, get out. So I thought, well, I better have a little tidy up because the place was a mess. No one had been in there for a while. So uh, I kept myself busy for the last half an hour, and I was just tidying up. Craig, going back to the beginning when you when you were first picked and you yeah. were you were waiting, how long were you um, locked up for before you went in? Not locked up, but how many? How long were you not allowed well, to speak to people? We we kind of went. It was only the night before I went down to London on a train with my sister Beverly, and we were just kind of put in a hotel and we had a chaperone who took us for dinner and give us little very minor briefs on things, and they kind of stayed with us for the evening because. Nobody else knew a big brother. No one was expecting to go on it, so no one really needed to be hidden. You know, I have heard of some of the, the stories, you know, on the third, third, fourth and fifth ones where they were locked away for a week, you know, two weeks beforehand, not being able to uh, talk to anybody. And that, you know, must be kind of quite crazy, really, you know, because you're not even allowed to watch the, you know, watch anything on the television and see the build-up to it or read any press or anything like that. They're totally, you, you know, isolated from it. So what are you doing with yourself now? Uh, now we've had a kind of a, a very busy nine months. The last nine months, Peter, I've been running around the country again, <laughs> doing makeover-style programmes. But it's been two of my own ones, uh, which has been real nice because I've worked on many shows, as you know, in the past, and I've yeah. kind of always been a kind of a smaller part of a bigger wheel. But these last two programmes have been real good because you know I'm hosting them myself, and you know one of them was our, our own idea as well. And it's called Celebrity DIY with Craig Phillips, and uh, literally I go around the country to celebrities' houses go in the house, have a little tour, and then teach them DIY and teach them how to do their own maintenance around their big, beautiful houses you live in. You've really done well out of Big Brother. <laughs> it hasn't been bad. I can't complain. Peter. Now, before, complain. before Craig Phillips goes, I've got to tell you, you can't fault this man. Oh, yes, you can. I found his fault. It took a long, long <laughs> time. A long time. We went and did pantomime together, which we did, by yeah. the way, phenomenal business and it was a great pantomime and you know this what man... I always remember from that Peter you once said to me you said this was an amazing I knew you'd done a lot of theatrical stuff in your life and you said this is one of the really special ones and you said, you said to me you'll probably never do a better pantomime than, than this and I've done about seven more since that Peter and I can honestly say it's never been as good as that one you and I did my very first one because it was happy it was, and that, that is so important. But his fault is, ladies and gentlemen, he's attractive, he's intelligent, he's interesting, he's a nice man. He is tone deaf. 
can't even rap in tune. We had him rapping the song. Yeah, the audience loved it. We couldn't even get him rapping in tune. DIY your voice. <laughs> Craig Phillips, you're a nice man. Thanks for joining us. The pleasure, Peter. All the very best. Hello, Craig. Thoughts. Yeah, good night. The best of Pete Price on Radio City 96.7.